Blog Talk Radio. Some firsts in life you'll never forget, like your first bite of Wingstop. Because with Wingstop, you're always in for a world of flavor. Freshly made just-for-you wings tossed in 11 mouth-watering flavors, like the bold, zesty blast of lemon pepper or the sweet, slow burn of mango habanero. Top it off with our fresh and cut perfectly seasoned fries. And oh, baby, it's time to open that bag and dive right in. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Log Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Relationship Wednesday. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here tonight just to talk about relationships. Last week we talked about um, stop kissing frogs and learn to know when someone's going to reach their full potential or not, that sometimes uh, people look very shiny, and they may be shiny pennies for someone else, but they're not a shiny penny for you. And we talked about how to how to kind of define what you're looking for in a relationship, right? And this week we want to talk about detoxing your relationship and laying the groundwork for a healthy relationship. That's whether you're picking a new relationship or whether you've been in a relationship for a while, we kind of really want to help you grow um, and become better and not have so much negative trapped in your relationship. So let me go backwards to background. Um, I want a large private practice, a thriving private practice in Naperville in Chicago, Illinois, and also online. Um, we do everything from counseling to medication management. We try to be full-bodied in what we do and our approaches to helping people. Yep. And uh, my background is in corporate America here in New Orleans Associates. I focus on life coaching and career counseling. Absolutely. So um, if you have questions about tonight's show, uh, please call in at 323-693-3835, 323-693-3835. And if you're looking for more help than we give on the show, we only do a 30-minute show. And so some of the concerns you may have may not, this show may not be as in-depth as you need it to be. And so sometimes you've got to ask questions, so give us a call at the office. Or look us up at our website, which is simply Noel, N-O-W-E-L-L, and associates.com, also that. So let's talk a little bit about detoxing our relationships. A lot of people um, know about the green smoothie diet that you do to do to to detox your system. All of my friends, a lot, not all, a lot of my friends on Facebook often get on showing their um, prescriptions for green smoothies, their what they're doing, how good they feel after a week, a month, those those types of things. And you know, as I was thinking about it. I feel like those are things we need to do for our relationships just like we do our body. Absolutely, you got to do that. Got gut check, check your relationships. You know what? Something's not right in this relationship. It can be better. You know, it's not necessarily toxic, okay, but it could be better. You know, you need to work on that relationship, clean up some of the garbage out of there. Absolutely. And this is for if the relationship's on a zero to ten, if you're at a ten and you think everything's perfect, you can still do a detox. You know, people that do uh, bodybuilding still detox. People that are Olympic champions still detox. Or you can feel like you're at a zero and everything needs to change, and you can still work on detoxing your relationship. I want to throw a couple of things out there. But if you are in a physically aggressive relationship um, where people are physically aggressive towards you or mentally abusive and you feel like your life is in danger, then before we try to work on detox, you need to get to safety. Yeah. Um, and I really want to bring that up because a lot of people 
come and they ask questions about or they say their their relationship is toxic, and what's really toxic is they feel like their life is in danger. Maybe there's physical abuse. Maybe there's abuse to the children. Maybe there's financial abuse where you're not being given access to the things that you need. Maybe there's medical abuse, meaning that a lot of times uh, in certain relationships, maybe one partner or the other controls the the access to benefits, and so people aren't being given those benefits. So if you're in a a life-threatening situation, Listen to the show later, but now um, get yourself to safety. Get a safety plan. Have a plan of safety for yourself, your children, and you so that you don't end up in a position where you're, where you're killed or, or maimed or, or dead. So those are primary things that I want you to think about. So, again, if it's a life-threatening situation, then definitely um, step back from the show right now and go get the help that you need. Or also you can call our office and we can help you walk through some of those steps. But what is a toxic relationship? So I think the first thing we need to define is um, what is toxic? What are we talking about when we when we say toxic? When we look at toxic um, in the dictionary, it tells us that anything that is causing harm to your body, anything that could uh, possibly cause, cause death, anything that's building up that could cause uh, major issues later that that's what toxic means. And so that's the same thing that we're looking for. So it says, let me just go to toxic. It says um, poisonous, virulent, noxious, deadly, dangerous, harmful, injurious, pernicious. That That is a definition of what toxic is. And so if one has toxicity, then we're talking about having those things within your relationship that can cause any kind of harm. So that's what we want to talk about today. So what's the first step? Like I really want you guys to kind of understand what we're talking here about how to change a toxic relationship. The first thing I want you to do to cleanse your relationship is affirm your worth. First, I think people need to really talk about and know for themselves that they are worthy of having something positive, that having something good doesn't have to be elusive to them, um, that a good relationship doesn't have to be difficult to get, that you can put the work in and you can have it, and you actually need to have it and deserve to have it. I think also understand that you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing in a relationship. I mean, if you're having trouble in your relationship and it is kind of um, getting toxic or you need to, to detox, is it because you're not doing what you're supposed to do? I mean, are you supposed to be uh, – you're not accountable. You're not picking the kids up on time when you're supposed to be. You're not paying the bills like you're like you're supposed to be, okay? Um, you're not doing the dishes when you're supposed to be. You're not doing laundry. Like these are major things, you know, that there's no misunderstanding why someone is mad at you and why you're having disagreements because you're not being accountable for what you already agreed about. So that's the thing. That's, I think that's really a little bit different. Like take a little bit of self-check. You know, am I blatantly doing things that are causing problems in this relationship? Yeah, I think we're going to disagree. You went way left on me. Okay. I, I feel like knowing your worth, has nothing to do with whether or not you're doing everything that somebody else needs. Okay. Right? And I feel like even if you're not doing the things that somebody needs to have in the relationship, that doesn't give them the right to be toxic. Okay. And so I feel like we're blaming, hey, you're not cleaning up like you should, so he has a right to be angry with you. That Your relationship doesn't have to be toxic even if you're not doing the things that the other person thinks you need to do. Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, because let, let's say somebody's beating their wife. Hey, it's because you keep yelling at him, so he deserves to come and hit you in the head. Do you know what I mean? Like, you didn't do laundry, so you deserve that type of a thing. I mean, I just want to be careful, careful with a slippery slope. And, and as usual, Darren and I may have different um, thoughts about this because I'm a female and he's a male, but I feel like even if someone's not paying bills, yes, that, that may make them upset. But I think that's very different than being toxic. So let, let me give you an example of toxicity in that, in that sense. 
So Bob lost his job. He's not paying his bills. And maybe he never paid bills. Maybe he never plans to pay bills. So every time his wife gets a chance, she says, you know, you're a stupid idiot. That's what you get. You deserve not to have anything in life. I hate you because you never do what you're supposed to do. I'm not going to have sex with you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And that's the end of it. We're just going to be this way, right? I guess all I'm saying is realize where that's coming from. Right. Meaning, meaning don't act, go through a situation where I have no idea why she's mad, in my opinion. Right, right. So, like, understanding your your um, role in the situation. Understanding your role in the situation. Okay. Okay. There is, I have some understanding why this person is mad. You know, she may be going too far, okay, in terms of the feedback they're giving based on what I'm doing, but I understand getting a sense of what, where it's coming from is all I'm saying. Right. So, understand, so I guess while you're measuring your worth, maybe also understand your role in the dynamic, right? Like, what's, what's going on to maybe contribute to a person feeling quote, unquote, some kind of way about what's happening with you and in that relationship. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think another thing, and some of this I'm getting from, um, it's called a six-step life detox to get rid of a bad relationship, mind, body, green. Um, the second step that they suggest is setting healthy boundaries to get rid of a toxic relationship, which is something that I, I really agree with, um, that you need to kind of know what the what the limits are of your relationship are and how far you're willing to go with something and what you're willing to take in a relationship. I think that's really interesting. And setting the boundaries may be different for each person. Yeah. And so I think we've really got to be thinking about what are your boundaries. So once we kind of say, all right, I'm worth it, I deserve to have a good relationship, then maybe we do part B of that that Darren's talking about. You understand what role you're playing in the relationship. Like how did we get here? Is it all the other person or could it possibly be that you're contributing in some way to toxicity? Now, let me also say this. I don't believe there's ever an okay time to be physically abusive to somebody, right? Correct. But um, I also think that we have to look at maybe your partner does, right? And so maybe your partner has these boundaries that are some, something that you really can't live by. You can't do the things that are being kind of requested of you. So you all need to be looking at those boundaries. And first, you have to look at those boundaries individually before you even talk with the other person and see what it is that you're looking for. Sure. Physical, you know, a lot of people have um, verbal abuse going on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, hey, I'm not happy. I'm giving you feedback that um, I don't think you're doing what you're supposed to do, but it goes to the next level with the verbally abusive, yeah. the yelling, abusive words, saying mm-hmm. things that are hurting. Okay, we need to say, okay, I understand that you're mad. You understand I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but at this point you're turning into abusive. I need to give you that feedback on that. Okay, mm-hmm. so setting those healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. like you talk about, physical as well as the verbal abuse that can happen. And, again, this is all with the thought that you can have these open discussions with your partner, right? Right, right. I mean, there are some times where people just aren't in a space to have these healthy, these healthy conversations. And to me, that's, that's a major part of toxicity, that the tension is so thick in the air that you can cut it, and the other person doesn't want to hear what you have to say, and people are shut down. And in those situations, and I'm going to say this, especially if you're not married, a lot of times in those situations I tell people to walk away, that you don't have to stay somewhere um, if you're not getting re- reciprocity after, like, a, a consistent amount of time, you know. So I'm not saying that you have one bad argument, you get angry, you want to walk away, but I'm saying that at some point if you're doing everything that you know how to do to make a relationship work and that person doesn't want the relationship to work, you try to talk about healthy boundaries or you feel unsafe, then Sometimes it's okay to say, "Hey, I can't, I can't stay in this, you know, in this relationship." Right. I mean, at that point, it's truly toxic. It's not like it's somewhat toxic. You're at that point, this is a toxic relationship. It just needs to go. Mm-hmm. You know, just like 
somebody, you know, you talk about the body being sick. It's somebody, you know what? Is, is this part of it cannot be saved? We need to amputate. <laughs> you know, right. in that situation, this right. relationship is too toxic to even detox it. It just needs to be gone. Mm-hmm. You know what? Sorry, we just need to break up. You know, we're not married. You know, we're just dating. We could have been dating for a year, but you know what? I realize this is not going to work out, so mm-hmm. we're just going to need to stay apart. And I think when we recognize toxicity, which is, is which is kind of the third thing that I want to say, that you first understand what role you're playing in the dynamic, kind of set some healthy boundaries, but recognize when you see toxicity. Sometimes a toxic thing is something that starts off slow and then all of a sudden you're at a big, a toxic level of something, right? So, like, it's like kids that drink water with lead in it. It's not the first day that the issue gets caused. Right. It might be day 458, right? Sure. And maybe we didn't recognize the signs along the way. And so it can be the same thing in, in relationships that you can be in a toxic relationship and not really get it at first, but this is toxic. And sometimes you sit down, you kind of rethink it, and you go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, this has been toxic. Right. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a one-off situation. But no, there's a pattern here right. of, of behavior, mm-hmm. of aggression toward my, toward me or abuse toward me. Like, wait a minute. This is, you know, when you take a step back, you know, like you said, take a step back and look at it over the, you know, over a period of time, you're like, wait a minute. This is not just a one-off situation. Someone had a bad day and something happened and they got a little angry. No, this is a weekly, daily, you know, a reoccurring situation that, you know what, this is really toxic, and I need to avoid this. And then also recognize so sometimes things have a slow burn, right, before mm-hmm. the house the house burns down, so to speak. Sometimes things are, like I have couples that come in and say, Dr. Well, we were fine. Like, we were fine, and then he came home and said everything was over. Like, sure. well, well, how am I supposed to manage that situation? So then people, so maybe person B has had a longer amount of time to work through in their own head what's going on, but person A is just finding out about it, right? And so be able to see that sometimes toxicity isn't going to be a slow buildup. It could be overnight for the individual experiencing it, even though the other person has known that they've seen toxicity for a long time. Yes. You know, another thing when we recognize something that's toxic for us, so let's say, um, let's say every time you all talk about finances, there's a fist fight. Let's say every time you talk about his mother, um, he threatens to leave you. Let's say every time you you know you mention having kids or issues with having children, he or she says, "Hey, you're not worth it anyway. You're not good anymore." Like being able to take away some of the defense, the defensiveness about a conversation, and actually sit down and say, "What's really going on here?" So, like, let's see if we can both see at the same time that this is toxic. Absolutely. And sometimes things or people can trigger that toxic behavior in your partner. You know, sometimes they have a friend. Whenever they get around that friend, they turn toxic towards you. You know, like, wait a minute, where does this come from? Oh, he's been hanging out with Eddie again. Every time he gets with Eddie or she gets with Susie, this kind of comes up. Right. Because they bring out that, that aggressive or whatever the case may be behavior in them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, yeah, yeah, so it's not necessarily all the time, but every time they get around this person or they're doing this, whatever the case may be, this comes out. Mm-hmm. So you may not always realize it. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, you know, for two weeks everything was fine. Oh. You happen to be hanging out with that person again. Because I think the truth is is that, especially as adults, I think we forget that we're all influenced by the people, places, and things that we're with, right? Yes. So the people that we we're with make a difference in what's going on. If you've, like, I mean, if any of you have ever been to college and lived in a dorm, if if all the people in the dorm are working on a diet or all the people on the dorm are studying and you're the only guy partying, at some point you go, hey, I might need to study a little bit more, right? right. Like people get people get a little bit um, influenced, for yes. lack of a better word, by the things around them. It's the same um, at a, at a, in a courtroom. I've walked into courtrooms before and I noticed 
all of the attorneys look a certain way, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a way, right, because they're influenced by each other. Well, wait a minute, I'm not going to wear cut-off uh, shirts while this guy's looking this particular way, so I'm going to wear the things that make me be able to dominate in the situation. And it's the same with relationships, that you can be, and, it can, and those people and places and things that could influence you could be family, right? Yes. And sometimes we have to, when we're detoxing our intimate relationships or even our friendships and even our relationships with our parents, we have to think, who are we in a small setting when it's just us? Right. And what does it look like when we're in a bigger setting? And how do I or he or we or she respond to other people in our atmosphere? And a lot of times, so here's the thing, sometimes people are sick and they don't even know it. Absolutely. Going to influence from, from a work standpoint, I know we have, I have people, folks, coworkers, that you stay away from them the end of the month and the beginning of the month because they're, they're, they're accountants and they're closing out books. And they are toxic during that time. You walk by their office, they'll snap at you. And, you know, everybody kind of knows you stay away from that office toward month end or start of the month, mm-hmm. okay, because that's just the way they are. They can't handle the pressure. It gets to them. Uh, they got to, you know, pull up crunch of numbers, get it out. They're getting yelled at. They're getting questions they can't answer. And they get frustrated by it. And guess what? They uh, lash out at people. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Everybody knows you stay away from that person during that time, right or wrong, okay, we, we choose to accept that toxic behavior during that time, okay? But that's kind of one of the things. That person is influenced by the, the added pressure at that time of work, mm-hmm. okay? So people, places, thing, really big. People, places, and things, excuse me, really big in controlling toxicity in one's relationship. So, again, sit down and try to say, Do, this seems toxic to me. Are you also experiencing that same thing? And see if you can have that relationship openly. You know, I think... Also, with toxicity, a lot of people don't want to admit that the worst thing about being in a toxic relationship are the hurt feelings that a person can have, right? Like somebody can really be damaged by somebody else's behavior and the way that they treat them, and that person could not even be recognizing it. So I think sometimes it's really important to sit down and say, I feel this way when you're doing that, and that is part of what I think is toxicity, you know? It's going to you talked about before about having that conversation with your partner. If it's safe to do so. If it's safe to do it. I hear a lot of, now I just kind of want to backtrack with this, and a lot of people tell me, hey, um, I hate it when somebody runs away from their problems. I don't want to be considered a quitter. And sometimes I'm going to tell you that sometimes things are too sick to heal. And sometimes you do have to walk away. And sometimes all of your investment in an individual may be wasted as far as what's going to happen for you and them but maybe it won't be wasted on your next relationship. And sometimes when you begin to have these conversations, if they're getting violent or aggressive or the other person says, wait a minute, it's just you, you're the one with the problem. No other person I've ever been with has said this to me. That may be a time for you to say maybe I need to cut ties because after a certain amount of time, if someone refuses to heal, then they refuse to heal. Yes. But I wanted to go back to the conversation piece from a work standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it healthy to talk about it or address it if you have a toxic relationship at work? Okay. What I always recommend doing before, it's like so you have a toxic relationship at work, talk to your manager before you, before you approach your coworker mm-hmm. who you have a, a situation with. You know, I think over 20-plus years, I've had three times where I need to confront a, a quote-unquote toxic relationship with a coworker. Mm-hmm. Well, each one of those times, I talk to my manager before I approach that employee. One, I wanted to let the manager know that I was going to have that conversation. Okay, so it's not a one-sided conversation. He said, she said, hey, no, I'm telling my manager that I'm going to do this. And two, check with them. Do, are they okay with me having that conversation? Because they may have some information that I don't know about. Hey, you don't want to talk to this person right now. They're right now. They're going through a sports review. They're getting written up. You know, they may be getting fired next week. 
Um, they may be going through a personal divorce or to give them some space. You don't know exactly what the situation is. Or your manager will say, you know what, I have no problem with you having that conversation with them. I would just recommend you touch base with your manager first before you address an employee, uh, a coworker, who you think is having a, uh, a toxic relationship. Definitely, again, that's kind of touch your base if you can have the healthy relationship. But from a work standpoint, check that out. Talk to your manager first before you have that conversation. That's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we take this from, from, from romantic relationships and put it into the work environment, there's already in general a protocol put in place to confront situations that you believe are toxic, right? I mean, there's Not necessarily. I mean, I've seen coworkers um, approach other coworkers and it went very bad, you know, no, I'm saying that there's there's generally a company has a protocol in place on how to handle a situation with a peer. That's what I'm talking about. Some companies do. Some companies do. Some companies don't. Mm-hmm. The more mature companies will have something, but I've been on other companies or talked to other folks who don't really have any kind of protocol on it for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of companies or employees that work with uh, mom-and-pop organizations. It's not really a corporate environment. You know, they have a job, but these really they call those small businesses. Small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So they may not have that full human resources structure and organization like that. Okay, but I would say in those instances, then you need to talk to whoever the person is in charge. Yes. Let me also say this: if you're working for a uh, a family business and you're the only person that's not a family member, you may want to ask yourself: is confrontation the best thing to do? Right? Yes. If I, if if the HR director is the cousin of the owner and the the coworker that you're upset with is their child, then that's going to be a very different response than if nobody's, you know, related. You know, right. so just, just things to think about. And, again, you always have to be thinking about, is this relationship worth the detox or do I need to, to leave? I mean, there's always, when you hit a moment, there's always three things you can decide to do, leave, stay, or tread water, right? Yes. Treading water is just leave it how it is and let's just see what happens. Leave is, hey, I need to cut ties with this situation because it's toxic. Stay means stay and work on it, right? So there's always three choices, leave, stay, or tread water, and you have to decide which way you want to be. Um, another thing to think about when we're detoxing relationships is to practice mindfulness. Sometimes you just need to sit with yourself and breathe and kind of let out some of the things that are going on for you. Sometimes you need to look at um, are you taking this more personal than it needs to be taken. Sometimes you have to look at environmental factors. And so a lot of times one of the you know, a lot of times couples come to me and what's making the relationship toxic is they never have any time for their individual selves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not even the relationship that's so bad. It's that they don't feel like they have room to breathe. And when one doesn't have room to breathe, sometimes they can feel trapped and then everything around them gets attacked in that situation. So everybody needs a little bit of time to refresh uh, self-reflection, recouping. If it's, you know, I need some time just to kind of breathe, just have to listen to some music, go for a run, some some kind of alone time, like kind of, deal myself and what's going on with that within me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's good. I know mindfulness and gratefulness are different, but sometimes with mindfulness I, have to, I always ask, ask people to add some gratefulness. What are you grateful for in this relationship? Where, where are the pieces of it that you can say, hey, this is toxic and that's toxic, but I'm grateful for A, B, and C. I mean, there's times where we really have to give um, give some some thankful, some thanks, some thanks, sorry, some uh Oh, some gratitude, thankfulness for what yeah, you have. Yeah, right? some thankfulness for what you have, some gratitude for the things that are going good in the situation. And sometimes when we're, if we're going to have those relationships where we're telling people we're not excited about what's going on, you, you might want to lead in those conversations with, hey, Bob, let me tell you what is going good. I really like the way this happens or that happens, but there are times where I feel like we're not really meshing, and here's some of those situations, you know? That's a great point. That's a great point. Because a lot of times you can, we can get focused on the negative, 
we say, wait a minute, there's a whole bunch of good things going on in this relationship, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where we are, most of the time we are encouraging one another. We are supporting one another. Uh, this person does come to my activities and supports me. They do ask about how I'm doing, you know. So there could be some negative things we need to work on, but there could be a whole bunch of good things. Keep that in mind. Absolutely, and we and we really want to try to focus on the positive. And even if there's a lot of negative, you have to also weigh, is it is it enough positive for me to say, and again, we're always looking at cost-benefit analysis, right? right. Like, is, is this really worth it long term? Um, another step is, Making time for simple gestures of love, and, and this is kind of when I talk about date nights to yes. people, right, that one of the ways to keep toxicity out of your relationship is to spend positive time together that is not about the bills, that is not about the kids, that is not about how horrible your day is, but that's just about you, you two as an entity. And that's true even if it's a platonic relationship. Let's say it's your best friend. And you guys always go out with the whole family and everybody's together and everybody's rushed and you don't have the time to kind of devote energy to each other. Sometimes even that can become toxic. So there's times where you have to say, hey, I just wanted to be me and that person. Yes. Those some of those conversations you can't have in those larger groups, right? You can't have when you're dealing with the kids. From a work standpoint, you maybe have a, you're a manager and you have six direct reports reporting to you, right? But sometimes you need to have that one-on-one conversation outside of the team meeting with that employer. That employee needs to have a meeting one-on-one with you because, hey, you know, I need this just one-on-one time. I, I recommend people setting up one-on-one time with their manager at least once a month, touching base with their manager, letting them know what's going on in their relationship, let them know what's going on in their day. And that allows a two-way conversation that can happen. Hey, here's something I've been meaning to tell you, give you feedback on, but I had not had a chance to tell you give you feedback on and allow that one-on-one conversation outside of the group meetings, outside of the daily production meetings and nature. Those one-on-one conversations are vital, just like they are in a, 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 a romantic relationship. It is from a work, work environment and work relationship as well. Absolutely. And so we, we have to put the time in. This is where people say um, relationship is work. It's about putting the time in. And a lot of people think about quality time, but I'm telling you that if you have enough quantity time, then you're going to have some quality time, right. right? And you've got to take some of that time and purposefully say, just like when you're dating, I am going to make this relationship work. Um, and, and that's really what you, you kind of want to be focused on. And so just make some time for simple gestures of love. Hey, you look pretty in that dress. Calling, texting, communicating without, throughout the day as much as you can um, so that you guys can continue to have that positive connection. And no matter, no matter how small it is, it still takes work. It still takes effort. It takes work or effort, something to, to have it on your mind, to send, send that text to check in with your spouse, to check in with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend, to check, hey, how are you doing today, okay? Because we can all get busy with a lot of days that things are going on, but to take that mental effort, you know what, I'm going to make sure I put it in my mind or even if your calendar if you need to, okay, a reminder to do it. I'm going to check in to see how, how this person is doing throughout the day. Why? Because I do care about them. I do love them. I do want to, want to make sure they're okay. Okay, but it takes effort to do that because we all get busy and have things going on. So just you gotta make the effort because uh, it's worth it. If you if you feel it's worth it, it takes work to do that. Yep, and it doesn't matter what what the relationship is. If it's your mother, she's gonna want to hear from you every so often. Like she's yeah, gonna want to know what's happening in your life. She's gonna want to feel connected with you. And if there's toxicity even there, which we should probably talk about at a later show, adult children and their parents. But even if it's toxicity there. Um, the same steps apply. Understand what role you're playing in the dynamic. Determine your worth. Set some healthy boundaries. Practice mindfulness and gratitude. 
have a layout conversation where you say, hey, this is what I think is toxic. Do you think that this is toxic too? Develop a protocol to handle those situations when they arise again or if they're going to arise again. Make some time for some some gestures of, um, some small gestures of love and also make some time to love yourself, you know, and because all of these things are important. And then another step to consider is determine what you value. Mm, okay. Now determine what are your priorities in a relationship. Do you really value this relationship? Do you, do you value gifts? Do you value um, time to be together? Do you value acts of service? Do you value your alone time? Is that more important to you than other things? Or do you need to have that to make your um, other relationships work? All of these are things that you need to be considering. So the, a lot of times from that, what you value, to make sure you can get caught up on things that really don't make a difference. You know, because let's say, you know, majority of uh, men want their wives to cook, cook dinner for them, right? And, and some people say, oh, you should get mad because your wife doesn't cook dinner for you. Well, it's not a big deal for me. You know what? When I, when I look at the value of it, that's not a big deal for me, okay? What's important to me is, is what? That we have, uh, that we communicate throughout the day. So that's mm-hmm. what's important to you. So make sure what you're focusing on is what's value to you, not what value to your people who may be chirping in your ears, okay, mm-hmm. or what the media says or what other, or what other people say. What's really of value to you in a relationship? And make sure you have an understanding of that. Absolutely. And then look at, again, we had talked about people, places, and things. What is influencing you? What are the influences that are going on? Um, are you hanging out with people that are negatively influencing you? Are you with a bunch of coworkers and they're all negative, so you're negative too? Are you hanging out with all of your aunts and they never had a husband, so you get a husband and they tell you, hey, you don't have to take that? Like all of these are things that you have to be considering as far as what's happening in your relationship. And then after you determine which things are the most valuable for you, then the next step should be simple. How do I make it work? I say, hey, these are the things that are valuable to me, so these are the things that I'm going to stand by. Are you in a serious relationship or, or marriage? Every all your friends are single or, or partiers. You know they, the influence they're going to give you is a little different than what you're focusing on, right? You're in a committed relationship, a serious relationship, and all your friends are one party and stuff like that. But hey, man, come on out! I'll forget that. Come on out! You got to watch that influence. We have different focuses, different priorities in our life at this point in time. So you got to watch those influences. Absolutely. And so, again, I mean, nothing happens overnight. We all have to make decisions along the way and keep redeciding to to stand by the. 